everybody. So, so happy to be able to be with you this evening here. We are live at the Durant campus of Victor Life Church, and I am here with my brother in the faith, mm-hmm. our pastor, Jacob Sheriff. Mm. And uh, we have really been looking forward to this conversation. Um, I know that, uh, and we're just, we're going to be spirit led yeah. in what we do tonight. But uh, if you've <laughs> noticed, the discussion guide this week is much longer. And that's because <laughs> Pastor Jacob and I are doing something together. Uh, and we are both prone to uh, uh-huh. to like to talk. Uh-huh. Um, so we're going to still shoot for our timelines. <clears throat> Danny's here to hold us accountable to where we need to be done. Uh, and <laughs> also, we're so, Pastor yes. Zach, I actually, I have something for you. What do you have for me? All right. So that's a really nice mug. That I have? That you have. Okay. This is, we have a surprise happening in the, in the studio right now. Yes, we do. What do you have for me? We have something that looks like you. Look at this. (laughs) Now this is incredible. If you hold it up. This is incredible. It looks like you. It just needs a tan. And it'll be ready. <laughs> and it'll be ready. Danny, this is awesome. This so this is my signature series that's mug. What, that's what you're going to have. So you can actually purchase this at Jubilee this year. <laughs> Watch out, Pastor Dwayne. Coming with my personalized mug at Jubilee. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you, Danny. You're welcome. That's so great. That's so great. This is like making making my, making my night. Uh, awesome. Well, I hope that you like the mug as much as I do. Probably not because it's personalized to me, but I hope you appreciate it and enjoy it. If you remember, we started a conversation on the disciplines of a disciple. And uh, last week with Pastor Lee and Pastor Derek, we took a look at the connections between being a disciple of Jesus and the role of spiritual disciplines in in our lives. And I think it's important here at the get-go to just remember that when we're talking about spiritual disciplines, we're not talking about things that in and of themselves make us more holy. They're tools that help us become more aware of God's holiness, God's righteousness revealed to us in Jesus. And as we become more aware through use of these tools, we behold that image and we're changed uh, and transformed into that very same image. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, if you're following along in your life group tonight with a discussion guide, you're going to see a lot of really great content. I encourage you. uh, There's going to be an additional resource section each week at the end of the document that has some PDFs that you can use to actually now have something in your hand uh, to walk out some of the things that we're talking about in a practical way, a practical sense in your life. So if you join us in your life group tonight, welcome. Uh, If you're joining us just by yourself on your couch, welcome. Uh, no matter where you are or what's happening right now, we're so glad that we get to be a part of what God's doing in your life. And we're really excited to dive in tonight's topic about prayer and fasting, mm. prayer and yeah. fasting. So uh, Pastor Jacob, I know through friendship with you mm-hmm. that uh, these two subjects are very close to your heart, mm-hmm. but specifically prayer. Mm-hmm. I know you to be a man of prayer. Mm-hmm. I know you to be somebody that's given a lot of time and focused energy over the past. It's been a journey for you with prayer. has yeah. been roughly, what, seven, eight years yeah. uh, worth, of, worth of a journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm so excited to be able to just draw from that well of wisdom that you bring <laughs> uh, through real life experience yeah. of working this discipline into, into your life. So I want to start with prayer. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. Um, so first question on tonight's list of, of, of questions is, what is the purpose of prayer? So for you as a pastor, yeah. a husband, a father, a yeah. friend, what role does prayer play yeah. in your life? And what's the purpose for you as a follower of Jesus? Because of the, the many years of hard work, I'm a, I'm a slow learner. Uh, and uh, for me to experience something, I have to live into it for a long period of time for me to feel like confident enough to talk about it. Mm. Uh, and with prayer, I... I tried to break it down pretty simply. And uh, the primary purpose of prayer is for relationship and that we might be transformed by that relationship. It's very important for both of it. Um, That's the primary purpose of prayer. It's not the exclusive purpose of prayer, Mm. but it is the primary purpose of prayer because if we can get that right, it acts as a center of gravity for everything else we understand about prayer. Yeah, Uh, Because we often approach prayer in our stream of the faith Yes. Um, coming from a faith tradition where mm-hmm. we see uh, uh, faith and that faith works and that we act in faith, we can often see faith and by extension prayer as very transactional. Yes. Uh, and that's I say what the I, right things. God does this for me. Yep. Uh, and I 
I knew better than that. I was raised by a good dad yes. who wasn't just a pastor from the platform. Mm -hmm. He was a dad. Yes. Uh, and so he never allowed me to be that coarse about it. Mm -hmm. But I can't say that I learned the depths of it until I had personal need to, to grow in it. Yeah. And at its root, the primary purpose of prayer is for that intimate communion, which leads its way into union. That's what mm -hmm. we're after is union with Christ. Union with Christ. Uh, it, communion, fellowship, intimacy, relationship, that in union with Christ, prayer is the means by which we're nurturing that relationship, that communion and union so that the long-term effect is transformation. Absolutely. I'm uh, just reminded as you're talking, one of our, our quotes um, from Richard Foster, which an excellent resource for uh, coming into a deeper understanding, a deeper level of even teaching in regards to the spiritual disciplines is a mm -hmm. book by Richard Foster. Make sure yep. I get it right. Celebration of Discipline. Celebration of Discipline. I always get it confused with Spirit of Discipline. Of the discipline which is the Dallas Willard. It's a Dallas Willard. Anybody who's looking for resources on uh, like books to read, I would say Celebration of Discipline is your first go. Yes. If, you're, if disciplines are something you're interested in, I feel like he does a fantastic job. Um, one of the best quotes though, we put in the guide at the very top, just about disciplines in general, I think is on page 180. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you kind of got to get 180 pages in to get even some of the deep, deep stuff. That's always, I recommend that first. Yes. Usually forget, get people started. Then from a, uh, this off the top of my head. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to get it right there. The second book I would recommend uh, comes from a, a, a more modern female perspective is Sacred Rhythms mm -hmm. by Ruth Haley Barton. Mm -hmm. Those are two books. Anyone kind of interested in this and just curious of the topic that wants to get a little more in-depth, but still kind of survey level, mm -hmm. those two books are great books to get started. Awesome. Awesome. Well, those are great, great resources. And uh, I'm in the middle of Celebration of, of uh, not Celebration, Spirit. No, which one? Celebration, celebration Discipline. Is Richard Foster. I told you, I get those confused. <laughs> I'm in the middle of that one right now. And I'm really <clears throat> thankful for Audible in my life because I really enjoy it being read to me. Yeah. I don't know what that is, yeah. but um, anyway- that might be it's another a difference thing. in our personality. It is. I hate Audible. <laughs> <laughs> and the amazing thing is, is that the Lord has brought us together yeah, as brothers. We, so it's we are, awesome. We are great together. It's awesome. Uh, where I was going, you were talking about purpose of prayer. I was reminded of this Richard Foster quote, the primary purpose of prayer is to bring us into such a life of communion. There's that union mm -hmm. with the father that by the power of the spirit, we are increasingly conformed to the image of the son. Mm. What is that? formational aspect of prayer yeah, and, and how has that played over into your life in a practical way? Yeah. What's, what, what in real time does that formation look like? Right. And what are ways that you partnered with God to even grow in the way you pray? Right. Because your journey brought mm -hmm. you into even different types of prayer. Yes. And we'll talk about that in a moment, but yeah. just speak to that formational piece. Yeah. So let me hit it theologically first. Okay. Uh, something that, you know, we as Christians confess and believe more than we can explain or understand. We should always be increasing our understanding. Yes. And our ability to explain things should be increasing, mm -hmm. but our confession and our belief should outrun that. That's good. Should be in, ex in excess of that. And that's because we walk by faith. And because we walk by faith. If you could mm -hmm. completely understand it, it's no longer faith. That's good. Um, and so one of the things we as Orthodox Christians, Christians who believe the Orthodox faith mm -hmm. uh, is that God is three in one, one, three, yes. three, but one, uh, and it's father, son, and spirit. And part of the understanding of father, son, and spirit is that the Godhead is in perpetual fellowship and communion based in love, mm -hmm. is that God is in community with himself in perfect unified love. Yeah. And the idea of relationship with God, not necessarily prayer specifically, but just relationship with God is not that God is up here, we are down here. We're yeah. trying to get him to meet us where we're at. It's the ultimate goal of relationship is to be in that relationship, mm -hmm. is to be in the relationship of Father, Son, and Spirit. Okay, so that's theological and it's, it is hard to explain. Sure. And it doesn't always make sense, but just the image um, there is a, we're way off script on this one. That's this good. is what's in my mind. Um, 
that uh, in the early centuries of the church, there was a word that, that when they were working out the doctrine of the Trinity, knowing that if we could fully explain this, we're not explaining God, mm-hmm. we're explaining some fabrication of what we think God is. Yeah. And so- Because a God that can be explained. Is, Diedrich Bonhoeffer says a, a God that you can understand and explain is not a God at all. Yeah, that's right. Idol. That's right. Uh, and- Because there's nothing left to worship. Right. And so <laughs> so the way they they tried to, 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 to grapple with this was metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, one of the best metaphors I found is uh, a word they call perichoresis. Uh, and it basically is interpreted dance. dance. That there is a dance oh, a divine of dance. father, son, and spirit that yes. is so perfectly in union, it's one, mm-hmm. but it's a dance. And so the goal of relationship with God That's is cool. not to observe the dance or understand the dance, mm. but to dance. So would you say that prayer lets us get in on that dance? Prayer gets us in on the dance. That's awesome. And guess what? We're going to stumble our feet. Yes. We're going to trip over ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we are in communion with a God who has perfect love for us and is yeah. willing to meet us where we're at and bring us where we need to go. So that's that's, so good. that's that's the origin of, for me, I had to see it kind of theologically mm-hmm. to, to build that desire internally. That's right. Um, and I would been years in pastoring mm-hmm. and I knew how to pray for things. Yes. Because that's, I mean, that's the tradition we're in. My dad mm-hmm. is a fantastic teacher on teaching what the prayer of faith is and the mm-hmm. prayer of agreement. And so I knew those things. Um, but I could start to feel there's something about my personal prayer life that's lacking. And I could just, I don't know how to explain it, except I could just feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it came to a realization when I had to take a health exam and uh, I was rated on a few things, scored pretty good. Um, but then uh, I took uh, an evaluation on my uh, blood pressure mm-hmm. and uh they scored it A, B, C, D, and I got a B. And the achiever in me does yeah. not like Bs. Yeah. Um, Jacob Sheriff doesn't do Bs. <laughs> not, Jacob Sheriff does not do Bs. Um, I didn't even care if it was B plus. It's like it's still a B. A B. It's not an um, and the person doing it was like, hey, listen, like truthfully, I do this a lot for people in your line of work mm-hmm. and almost no one gets an A on this. You just feel the fire <laughs> a little bit like, oh, yeah. no one else does this. <laughs> and basically it come down to is he's like, hey, your job is very stressful and we totally get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's okay. But not only did I get a B because it was for uh, having to do with health insurance, mm-hmm. I had to pay a higher premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, yeah. even if it wasn't a lot, but it's every month, I'm looking at a bill that should be cheaper because and it's of- only this expensive because I got a B. Yeah on blood pressure that he says is about stress. And so in my kind of whining, complaining, griping, uh, kind of back to God was like, like, come on, man, I'm doing this all for you. That's right. Uh, this is what I'm and, getting. And <laughs> uh, in, certain, in certain ways, the Lord just said, your prayer life stinks. Yeah. And I, that's where I got back to, okay, so in me understanding, I am stressed because I don't trust you. Mm. And uh, because I don't, I don't trust that you're actually in control. Yeah. I have to control outcomes. Yes. Now, I never would have said that. If you'd have said, you don't believe God's in control, I'd be like, back off, man. Yeah. Of course I believe God's in control. Yes. But my body had wrecked, my body was telling me, no, you don't. Man, there's so, uh, there's so much there. Yeah. And uh, so I, my natural state was to absorb the stress mm-hmm. and try to control outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty young in pastoring, um, I had only been pastoring uh, for uh, in a campus as a campus pastor for a couple years, mm-hmm. and a lot was new to me. A lot of big events had happened, a lot of life events had happened, mm-hmm. um, and and I recognized, okay, I don't know the Lord in such a depth that my natural posture towards mm-hmm. life and towards Him is to trust Him. Man, my natural posture is to trust. Final, yes. But in between, I got this, Lord. That's right. And, and if and if I if someone would have said that to me, I'd have been like, "You don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. But it it had to come through that mega amount of self awareness, mm-hmm. and then recognize, okay, I've got to change how I'm approaching this. I've got to I've got to relearn. And I actually did a whole series in this in Sherman mm-hmm. years ago, in my process of relearning how to pray. It's not that I prayed wrong; it's mm-hmm. that my prayer life had atrophied. Yes. Um. It didn't come from a deep well. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I wanted. I wanted. I wanted 
I want everything in my life to come from a deep well of the spirit. Yeah. And a uh, good old charismatic the spirit spontaneous. Yeah. Which should be instant. That's right. And, and Amen. apparently for me, <laughs> I don't mean this for everybody, but for me, it didn't work that way. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, that's how I started relearning to pray in an intimate fellowship way mm-hmm. and, and get off kind of a transactional framework. And the result prayer. of that was a deep spiritual formation it, of a posturing the, of trusting God. The, the result of it is, is when you begin to know the heart of God mm-hmm. in a way that is not mental. Yes. Because I could mentally, I would, I, you would have said very, I would have said confidently about myself. I'm a man of the word. Mm-hmm. I know the word. Uh, I was raised with a man of the word. I lived uh, with, with parents, not just my dad. My mom mm-hmm. was a person of the word of God. I knew the word. I knew the word from a young age. Um, and I knew the heart of God and I loved God, but there was something about a personal intimate fellowship mm-hmm. that it's kind of like, I mean, we're raising kids and we're going to be going through processes with a each kid. We have a lot of kids between the two of us. They have like a basketball um, team, right? Together. Yeah. Uh, right. We're going to have to teach them all about sex mm-hmm. and, and sexual intimacy. Yep. And find out the right terminology at the age appropriate levels, yes. give them an increased understanding. There is no way to understand sexual intimacy until you are sexually intimate. Yeah. It's experiential knowledge. It, it is the only, there is no scientific observation yep. to give you sexual intimacy. You could, ha, you could know all the terms, know mm-hmm. all the mechanics, mm-hmm. know all of it, and yet not know it. Yes. And that is where prayer is, Man. is that I could know everything about prayer. I could mm-hmm. teach you how to pray, but if I don't actually learn the intimate fellowship of prayer, mm-hmm. Amen. then I don't really know prayer. Amen. And I did, And apparently I was at a point where I didn't really know the heart of God in such a way beyond the theology, the mm-hmm. theology of the cross, the theology yes. of grace, the theology of love. I didn't know it to where that was the natural posture of my heart to, to, to be at peaceful rest with God, trusting him, no matter the circumstance I'm in. Mm, I love that. Uh, I never finished, I never finished the story when I've told this before, a year and a half later, I demanded they take the health evaluation again. And I got an A. And you got an A. I got an A. That's right. I don't, I don't get B's. Might da- take me a year and a half. Danny's but. got something that she's making. She's been looking at me mischievously this whole time. So brace yourself, on, Pastor. I don't know what's it. coming. Right. It's not bad. Okay. What, what, but, what's coming in over there? But Pastor Lee said, spiritually is the only way he can dance. Spiritually is the only way he can dance. That's yes. awesome. Because he can't dance. Well, a lot, of us, a lot of us are in that category. Do He's I have to explain we, the joke? We have the life of the spirit. And he also said, thank you for being vulnerable. A lot of people are saying that on here. Yeah. Thank well, you, Pastor Jacob. That's awesome. Uh, oh, I refused to take blood pressure medicine because that was what they were they were doing. And I, and if they said this is because of stress, I knew for me, I'm not saying that taking yeah. pills like that is wrong. No. For me, stress is my fault. Yeah. I didn't, it is not a medical problem. This is mm-hmm. a spiritual problem. And yeah. so I knew I needed to address it spiritually. Honestly, it took me over a year before I could start feeling the change. It, it was not, it's not microwavable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, uh, there's no science to it. I, I don't know how to say it except there's no program. Mm-hmm. I have programmatic things when we get into discipline yes. that I had to discipline myself. But just like, at what point do you know sexual intimacy? I don't know. I'm still at it. We're, you know, 12, 12 and a half years married. Yeah. I'll let you know in 30 years. That's right. Because it's the ongoing... I am different because of my relationship with my wife. Well, mm-hmm. when were you different? Day one and yesterday. And yesterday, yep. So it's, that's, that's prayer. There's no like magic button to it. Yeah. Some of it is, yes, you need to understand some mm-hmm. basic things, <laughs> just like you would need to understand yeah. some basic things about sexual intimacy. <laughs> we had the same look. I knew where you were going. <laughs> uh, gotta get the basics, but brother. But part of it, you gotta, you gotta get in. Yeah, and, and I love that. Uh, well, let me read this one. Quote Henry Nowen. We'll pause for mm. Henry. Get some prayer get some is the radical conversion of all of our mental processes because in prayer we move away from ourselves, our worries, preoccupation, and self gratification, and direct all that we recognize as ours to God in the simple trust that through His love all will be made new. See, and the byproduct of that is the peace of God experientially yeah. that comes from you, that communion you, with you, Him in your you, life. You cannot 
you cannot understand peace theologically. Mm-mm. You you can you can define it theologically. Mm-hmm. You can describe it theologically. You can't know it. No, because it's the peace of God that surpasses passes understanding. It moves out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if you have a transactional framework for prayer, mm-hmm. that quote won't make sense. No. If your if your only mode of prayer mm-hmm. is is basically a spiritual grocery list before God, mm-hmm. and He is your butler mm-hmm. to meet your demands. Yes. You'll never understand prayer and you certainly won't understand transformation and trust and peace. Yeah. And to use your, your, uh, sexual intimacy analogy, there's a difference between having sex. And I would say even a lust base mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. in a based, sorry, need in sexuality mm-hmm. that in a marriage relationship, sometimes people settle for that mm-hmm. and not understanding that there's a difference between having sex and making love. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about, and this would be strong terminology, and you can rebuke me publicly if we need to. <laughs> I uh, was expecting you to start doing that to me. No, so, no, no. So. Like, yeah, this is great. Our, our like viewers just shot up because we started talking about sex. So everybody's like, hey, hey, wake up, wake yeah. up. Uh, but, it actually uh, went down. Did it go down? <laughs> come back, come back. Uh, so, uh, but the same thing's true in that comparison with um, transactional prayer. Yeah. Can be equated to mm-hmm. just a lust base mm-hmm. and thinking that I'm, I'm, I'm doing, th- th- this mm-hmm. is the sum total of what prayer is. Yeah. But there's a richness that comes that, uh, that I think everybody needs to experience. Yeah. So I remember one of the times I heard you, heard you taught in prayer, and this is a throwback message. So this is probably at the beginning of that, of mm-hmm. that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get into now the question on, uh, well, I think we've answered two. How can I deepen my prayer life a little mm-hmm. bit? We've partially answered it, but let's combine two and three okay. and kind of approach it that way. We can do it. Yeah. How can sure. I deepen my prayer life and what are different types of prayer? I remember you teaching on the Lord's prayer and uh, and connecting it to kind of the analogy of the fretboard on a guitar. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and that and that's that, old school, man. <laughs> that's old school. I I remember it. I yeah. remembered it. And uh, so, just a, a scripture reference here uh, for prayer on the prayer portion. Let me turn back over there. So Matthew six five through eleven, uh, you'll see uh, Jesus' sermon on the mount. His uh, his outlining what we know as the as the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. And interesting enough, I made this comment earlier when we were going to to get a coffee mm-hmm. in the car. But mm-hmm. I talked to you about a little clip I heard from Rick Warren mm-hmm. on out of all the things that the disciples could have asked yeah. for Jesus to teach them personally, nowhere in the Gospels, and you'll you'll tell me if I'm wrong. Do they ask teach us how to do miracles? Mm-mm. Teach us how to raise the dead. Mm-mm. Teach us how to, to um, supernaturally multiply food, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing that they specifically asked the Lord to teach them is how to pray. How to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Luke. Luke, uh, that one's six. Six. It's Luke a, six. I forget the- It's like six. That's one. close enough. They can get there. Luke six will get them. They can click on you version Luke <laughs> six and they can find it. See, he doesn't take the B. This is, it's happening right now. I'm like, we're great. We're great. It's B. B plus is fine, Pastor Jacob. So while he's looking that up, uh, Lord, teach us to pray. 11. Luke, Luke 11, 11, 1 through 13. Okay, great. So we were actually C, so we had to do that. So now we're at A. <laughs> so uh, uh, Rick Warren was talking about um, at all the things you could ask. And he said, he specifically asked the Lord to teach him how to pray. Yeah. And he said this profound, this profound thought that the disciples recognized that essentially the secret sauce mm-hmm. to Jesus's life was prayer. Mm-hmm. It's like, teach us that. Mm-hmm. And that confirms the Lord saying, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. Yes. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. Yeah. Where was that communion happening within yeah. prayer? Yeah. I think if we're really living for God, we want that kind of depth to our prayer. Yeah. So- from your life's journey, from your study of the scripture, um, those are the two questions. How can we deepen? Yeah. And then what are different types of prayer that help that deepening process in your experience? Right. Uh, well, our, both of our loves for the gospel of John yes. brings us to see, you, you read That's right. You read John John's and you realize this dude is not just a profound teacher. Like when he makes statements, I do n- nothing. Yes unless I see and mm-hmm. I say nothing, unless I hear my father, he lives that. And then uh, one of my favorite scriptures, John 15, mm-hmm. and he sits in intimate fellowship with his disciples. And he says, abide in me and I in you, 
And if you abide in me, I in you, you will bear much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. And, and again, I can like teach all around that, but like having to come to grips, like looking in the mirror, apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. Mm -hmm. Can I tie my shoes without Jesus? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, like, am I able to brush my teeth without Jesus? Can I commute to work without Jesus? And as I was like, I do things and just kind of thought experiment, mm-hmm. kind of just that's meditation is you just mull on things yes. and you just think on things for Which long is what enough. We're talking next week. Yeah. Talking meditation. So you next might, week. you might pop in. We don't I'm know not, yet. We'll see. Might be a surprise. In. Surprise. Um, uh, it, it came down to personally, why would I want to, mm-hmm. why would I, why would I want to do even the simplest tasks without Jesus? If right. Jesus's promise was, Hey, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. And so uh, to deepen my prayer life is first I had to see its value. I had to mm-hmm. see it's, it's that, that my life is of no eternal, what I do and what I say has no eternal impact mm-hmm. unless it stems from intimacy with Jesus. And if Jesus is saying the primary way to do that, that abiding mm-hmm. finds its root in prayer. It's in not prayer. everything. The no. pray without ceasing is not something so literal that, we have to, you know, become yeah. monks and- yeah. we're constantly just under our breath. Yeah, yeah that, that's not it. But it's just like, I'm, my life is oriented as a prayer. Mm-hmm. You have to practice that in prayer first. That's right. Uh, that's good. You actually have to practice prayer for your life to become a prayer that's and right. that intimacy. And so that's where I had to dive deep. Um, and a verse that, that, that impacted me deeply, not even in John, but it made John make more sense, is Luke 5, 16 mm-hmm. in the New Living. It says- and Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. For prayer. Jesus often withdrew, often mm. withdrew mm. to the wilderness for prayer. Yeah. For, for no other reason mm. than to pray. Let that often. be said of us that we often withdraw to prayer. Man. Jesus is the answer for the entire world's problems. That's right. That's right. Everything. And right. Jesus there in the flesh could solve any problem at any point. Every need could be met by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the one who could meet every need recognized he cannot meet those needs without intimacy with his father. That's powerful. And it was often. That's powerful. It wasn't occasional. It wasn't rare. It wasn't when he could fit it in. That's it right. wasn't in, in his one minute demo, devotional at the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, as a pastor, I also have to like help people not feel condemned by That's right. that what, what we feel. People who are genuine and genuinely desire things, yeah. recognize we are so inadequate and like, right. we screw this up all the time. Yeah. But, but that isn't to say to that the, there isn't an ideal. That's here. right. But going back to the sex example, if you actually start having good sex, which good sex is sex in marriage. Mm-hmm. So kids, listen up. Mm-hmm. Good sex is sex in marriage. But if you actually start having good sex, mm-hmm. you want it often. You kind of want it more. That's right. Yeah. So the same thing's true and, with and, good prayer. And, and I realized if, if prayer is just this transactional grocery list, um, or like, well, I pray all the time. And it's like when people would say, well, you know, you don't, don't get too religious. You, mm-hmm. I, you know, I pray all the time. And I'm like, that's baloney. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. You just don't want to be religious about it. I'm fine with you not wanting to be religious. That's right. But saying you pray all the time is not true. Because mm-hmm. if I'm looking at your life, I'm not seeing your life stem from a life of prayer. Because we're looking for that fruit. I don't see the come. the intimacy right. that that mm-hmm. I I don't sense that when I'm with you I don't see that peace mm-hmm. like that's what I would just start and it's like I I realize when people are in my presence they get anxious yeah they get irritable why yeah. because I'm anxious and irritable that's the fruit uh, and so to deepen my prayer life was first make it a, make a commitment mm-hmm. um, is it awkward and uncomfortable and feels kind of religious at first yeah it does. But if Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer, at least I can start saying, what can I do often that That's drives right. me there? Not necessarily right. long extended periods, mm-hmm. but often frequent. Make it, make a commitment to it and make it a discipline. Um, make it a habit because you, you can't make a habit unless you discipline yourself. Yeah, that's right. And if I want a habit of prayer, mm-hmm. then I have to learn a discipline. And I don't have a discipline if I don't have a commitment and a yeah, value. That's right. Uh, that's how it works is I have a value. Uh, and truthfully, and we're even got the, the analogy with the sexual intimacy is one of the most influential people in my life was a, an elderly man by the name of Morris Means who when I was 20 years old, he was 80. Mm-hmm. He shuffles into my life mm-hmm. and looks me in the face his breath smells like onions and his, and his, his clothes smell like mothballs. Yeah. And yet he says, are you Jacob? Yes. God told me that I'm here to come pray for you. Mm. For four years, we would 
meet every single week and just talk and just talk. And I could see he was not deep theologically. He never taught me something like from the scriptures that mm-hmm. I felt like was a profound revelation, mm-hmm. but his presence, mm. his words, you could tell were bathed in intimacy with God. Like yeah. he, like when I'm hearing his voice, I'm not hearing profound revelation. I'm hearing the heart of God. Yeah, man. Now I want profound revelation too, yeah. but, but he had something and it, it stemmed with prayer. And I'm like, I, there's no way I could know prayer like this. Like this mm-hmm. guy knows prayer. Yeah. Uh, and he would, and this was me in my twenties before I was married. He would look at me and just say, Jacob, you got to find a way. And he was always a whisper. And I'm like, Morris, speak up. I can't hear you very clearly. <laughs> Jacob, you got to find a way to get alone with God and just make love. And I'm like, Morris, what does that mean? That's out of line. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can't talk like that. Uh, thankfully you're talking to me and not like yeah. preaching a sermon or something, but like, but, but for him, there was no mm-hmm. awkwardness. There was no shame in it. It was pure. There was such purity. And That's I'm right. like, and I'm and in my young twenties, I'm going, I want to know God like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to be 80 mm-hmm. and know God like that. Yes. Uh, and he was the first person I wept when he passed away. Man. I had never wept. I mean, I mm-hmm. and I had I had buried four grandparents. Yeah. I didn't know them very intimately. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were they were important. I shed tears, but I mean, I wept because of how, his impact on my life. Yes. That was not doctrinal, theological. It was simply from his intimacy with God. Man. And I I could feel my life change when he died and I started asking people that I knew had a fellowship mm-hmm. with God, mm-hmm. I need you to pray for me. Yeah. I knew that man brought me before the Lord yes. on a daily basis. And when he wasn't there to do that, I could I could start feeling it. And that's what gave me a, a root system mm-hmm. that then years later, when I find myself anxious and irritable and frustrated going, I know prayer's the answer because I've seen it in Morris. That's right. And when you want to talk about deepening your prayer life, I know some people are like, well, you just need to pray. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, that's not helpful. Because yeah. <laughs> if what I'm doing is not working, why would I want to do more of it? That's right. Uh, and, and that's where I started learning some, some, some types of prayer. Absolutely. That yeah, I, I, don't have, I know that there's probably like stuff and questions and I keep seeing your eyes dart. So I imagine, do I need to answer a question? I'm just, I'm just doing a check-in with Danny. Okay, but cool. uh, are we at a place to where we got some well, feedback or questions? I think- <clears throat> what he was talking about would probably be a good spot for Orlando's question. Okay. Um, you know, talking about being afraid of being religious and, and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. Orlando's question uh, from our Ardmore campus, actually. Hey, Orlando. Um, it was good to be here. with you a couple of weeks ago. I hope this last weekend was awesome. In the yeah, new building. they just yes. got uh, a new building. I got to go dedicate Ardmore's building two weeks ago. It was awesome. It's one of the best pastoral experiences of my life. It people, was great. People know where Victor Life Ardmore is at now. <laughs> yes. They know. Okay, um, sorry. I don't want to get to Orlando's question. That is okay. Um, so the question is, how to handle the feeling of pride that you can experience from fasting regularly? I was finding a little pride in me from my performance yeah. while fasting regularly, so I decided to stop for a while. It's good. You want to... Punt that to the fasting part of the conversation. Yeah, I think was you, you were bringing it up though for the heart in regards for the heart to, in in um, feeling religious in it and feeling that pride. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully get to the fasting part of this conversation. Prayer is such <laughs> a, a rich sub, a rich. I'm just helping you get us. there. We're gonna get. <laughs> so there's there's a, there's another reason yeah. for bringing it up. So look, I think speak to the heart in regards to whenever you start feeling a sense of, of, of pride in the sense mm-hmm. of, I'm, man, I'm, I'm praying good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm praying, yeah. I'm, I, you know, and then also we can get into fasting if it's sure. like a, because I think sometimes if we're not careful with things like the disciplines, we can approach it as almost like a, like spiritual extreme sports. Mm-hmm. So we can say, I did this and I accomplished it, mm-hmm. but you never really know until you're paying attention what's in your heart, mm-hmm. which is really what the purpose of another purpose of prayer yep. is to have uncovered what's in your heart. Right. So kind of just speaking to the spirit of that. Yeah, and then okay. also thank you for helping us move on to other content. <laughs> There's still some stuff about types of prayer because that yes. I, I want to make yeah. sure and get down into. Um, what, what would you speak to that? the heart of that question? Okay. So, um, I religiously kiss my wife. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I'm committed to it. 
Amen. And I want to keep doing it. Amen. I, I religiously hug my children mm-hmm. and I'm religious about it. Yep. And what do I mean by that? Does that mean I'm self-righteous about it? I hope not. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it means is I make a commitment to it and I do it repeatedly, whether I feel like it or not. That's good. And by the repetitious action combined with the motive of the heart, mm-hmm. now we see long-term habitual uh, habits that lead towards transformation, but it's the action and the motive. Both could get off. Mm-hmm. People have a good motive and a good heart, but no action and it doesn't bear fruit, but people have action and wrong motive and the fruit that gets born is religion. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I want to, in great, a sense, kind of redeem the word religion a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to advocate for it, <laughs> but it is a cuss word in our, it is, uh, it is our circles. And so I just, I don't want to get immediately synonymous with bad. Yeah. Uh, dead religion's bad. Yes. Uh, workspace religion's bad, mm-hmm. but the word religion is, it's not, it's mm-hmm. just structure. It's all it is. Um, now, uh, the, um, the, the question about like you starting to see things in your heart that is pride, it means that your attention has changed. Right. If the attention ever moves away from Jesus, the disciplines are of zilch value. Yep. Unless they draw your attention continually to Jesus. That's at, it. At, if they ever get off of that, they cease being of any value. Yeah. And you become a self-righteous Pharisee. That's right. Uh, but what's, what's funny is people talk about that in spiritual disciplines. Uh, but I can, you and I've had this discussion about other trendy things in yes. culture yes. that people are self-righteous and religious about and have nothing to do with spirituality. I don't necessarily name those, but it isn't just spiritual disciplines that you can become self-righteous and pharisaical about. Um, the, the thing though is when you start judging your own, when you start noticing your own heart that way, you don't necessarily change what you're doing. You change why you're doing it. That's it. Um, it's not the what, it's the why. Yeah, it's the yeah. why. And so it's like, if I, it, it, you know, is there is there electricity and passion every time I kiss my wife? No, but if I start seeing multiple days mm-hmm. turn into a week, turn mm-hmm. into weeks mm-hmm. where there's no fireworks, no passion, no nothing, I'm not going to stop kissing my wife. I'm going to start judging my own heart. What's like, going on with me? What is going on with me? Yeah, that's so good. That, is, that has made this, this action not, mm-hmm. not building us up. Yes. Um, or my kids, if I'm just repetitiously just putting my arms around them and I don't recognize, whoa, like I'm not, I'm just doing this just because I have to. Yeah. I'm not going to stop hugging my kids just because mm-hmm. my motive uh, or got off. I'm going to change my motive again yes. and re-infuse the action with passion and purpose. Yeah. Uh, and the same goes with prayer. Um, for me, what started when I recognized I've, I've got a problem, I'm stressed and anxious. Um, I, I took what I was skilled at the word mm-hmm. and I, I changed how I engaged in it. And I, that's where we have like one of the attachments and all this is the, the prayer the prayer, prayer guide, guide yeah. is I wrote a prayer guide based on scripture and prayers that I felt like I wanted to repeat so often that I could naturally bring them out yeah. on my, like just at any point in time. Well, you have to practice. I, mm-hmm. I played basketball in high school and I coached basketball and I love the game of basketball. Uh, and uh, there, there, when you're practicing, when I'm training, when I was training uh, players, you have to repeat actions frequently enough that they become second nature. Yeah. You have to stand at the free throw line and you have to shoot hundreds and hundreds of free throws over and over and over, whether you want to or not, whether you mm-hmm. like it or not, whether you're passionate about it or not, so that your all of your mind and your muscles all get harnessed mm-hmm. because that free throw line is the same in every gym across the world. Yeah. And so if you can get your body trained for that, your mind trained for that, you don't have to think about it. That's right. When it's when game it's, time. When it's game time. You do it. You just do it. You do it. Why would I not want my, my gut reaction to be love? Mm-hmm. That the first thing I think of is to bring peace. Yes. That the natural response I have to chaos mm-hmm. is peace. Yeah. You do not get there because you're spirit filled. Mm-mm. You do not get there whimsically. Mm-hmm. You get there because you train yourself in the boring and in the monotonous, and you don't just keep putting up monotonous duty like that. That's dead religion. Mm-hmm. You keep at infusing that that action with purpose and meaning. For me, 
That was setting aside time in the morning to pray. I mm-hmm. recognize for me, if I start my day uh, without prayer, I'm anxious most of the day. Yeah, I'm. I'm. In, I'm my, my. I'm always behind. That's how yeah. you feel. I'm just behind. Why do I feel behind? Well, I actually got to the meeting on time. I, mm-hmm. I got to work on time. I was doing my actions on time, but why am I feeling so behind? It's because I didn't build up some root system. So for me, that was get up in the morning mm-hmm. and pray and learn to pray the word. Uh, and so I pray the word. I arranged the word in different ways until I found a settling, mm-hmm. like this this rhythm, this pattern seems to make sense for me. Yep. Uh, and I prayed that every morning repetitiously. Did I mean every word every morning? No. But I can pray for a very long time now because for over a year, I did it every day. Mm-hmm. And even those mornings when I'm, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you wake up and you, you have that moment where you recognize, okay, I was just going through the motions and I was just repeating words. Yeah. Do I just stop? Eh, some days maybe, mm-hmm. but most days it was, no, get back to the purpose. Why am I here? I'm here so that I'm no longer saying the words. Mm-hmm. I'm living these words. Yeah. And we see that in Jesus's life, the, the, yeah. the pressure of life coming on the cross. You know, people think that whenever Jesus says, you know, uh, Father, you know, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. Or into my hands, I commit my uh-huh. spirit to you. That was the words of the Psalms. Those are direct quotes. That's when Jesus out. didn't know what to say, he spoke the word. Mm-hmm. And there was even, and you talked about this uh, recently because of what you've walked through with your son, mm-hmm. Urias. Yep. But there was even that whole thing we're talking about with the disciplines of mm-hmm. the basketball and when it's game time, mm-hmm. whenever you got in that moment mm-hmm. of seeing your son yep. fighting for his life, yep. or born dead, born dead, and then mm-hmm. a fight for his life, mm-hmm that that was the that was the the moment of realization this mm-hmm. is not in in total but at this stage right. of the journey right. this is what the training's been for right. because what came out of you right and that's where my phrase was, was unexpected doesn't have to mean unprepared that's good uh, and i'm preparing constantly for the mm-hmm. unexpected mm-hmm. and there part of what i do now it's not every afternoon but therefore while i discipline myself that in the afternoon around lunchtime, I would have a reset time. And my reset time was, I am calm, content, wise, and unafraid. And I would repeat that. I'm calm, content, wise, and unafraid. I am calm. Psalm 131. My heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things that are too great and too marvelous for me, but I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. I am calm. I am content. The Lord is my portion. I shall not want that. Uh, and then I am wise. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. You have you have put deposited wisdom in my heart. You give me wisdom in the secret heart. Mm. Uh, and then and then the the last one was I am unafraid. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And I did that tons and tons. Yeah. Where it's like. I'm calm, content, wise, and unafraid. I am calm. My heart is not lifted up. My eyes are... And was I mindless all the time? No, but mm-hmm. like there was plenty of times where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm repeating this. I know I'm doing it for a purpose. I'm in a hurry, but I need to repeat. And then doing it over and over and over for years that all of a sudden I'm looking at them pull my son dead out of my wife's womb and fighting for his life, the first thing out of my mouth, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Mm-hmm. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers pursue me and gather around me, my, it is my enemies that stumble and fall. Though an Amen. army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though mm-hmm. war rise up against me, mm-hmm. yet I will be confident. Amen. It, was just, it just came out of my mouth. Yeah. That doesn't happen because at one point in time, I kind of read Psalm 27. <laughs> That's right. It was that I'd been praying the Psalms Daily, yeah. Every the whole Psalms every month for That's years, right. and in that moment, and that prayed that prayer every day. You didn't have to guess what God's will was for your boy. Not, it was not, and this and this is where it's hard as a pastor because everybody's in mm-hmm. different part of their journey. Sure, and I'm at a certain part of my journey, and I'm leading others in the journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, but to to basically put it like this, I knew not a single thought, not a single thought about what God's will was, mm-hmm. God's presence, mm-hmm. or um, his love. Mm-hmm. It, it never crossed my mind. The question never came up in my mind. I'm, and I'm not saying 
it came up and I, and I had to cast it down. I'm sure. saying it never came into my mind. If God loves me, how come this happened? Yeah. Or is God's will to heal my son? Mm-hmm. It, the th- I don't know how to say it, except the thought never crossed my mind. That isn't to say that it has never crossed my mind ever. Yeah. It good. was that- That's really good. The, the hundreds of times it came into my mind, <laughs> I disciplined my mind to say, I know what God's will is That's and God's right. will is always to heal. That's right. Uh, yes, okay, I prayed for this person and, and they got sicker yeah. or they didn't get healed immediately yes. or they died. It doesn't, I know what God's will is mm-hmm. and I don't know why it didn't come to pass in this time and moment, yeah. but because I'd also known the heart of God, I have the peace to know where it's all gonna end. That's right. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the Amen. end, we're gonna Amen. win. Amen, his will will be accomplished. So, so, so I had had that question come up hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. If God loved me, how come I'm so stressed? Mm-hmm. If God loved me, how come this happened to my kid? If God loved, I've had that thought hundreds of times yeah. and discipline myself to know what does the word say? This is what the word says. So that in the moment of crisis, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, yeah. Because so so often with prayer, we think of it as our last resort instead of our first, first response. response. And there is a training required so that that can be our first response. So for you, uh, you spoke a little bit about the the prayer guide. Um, I know if we were going to talk about uh, really d- dive into the types of prayer, uh, there's teaching that you've got available at the website yeah. on prayer that your dad's got available on prayer. Yeah. Uh, the prayer guide that's attached to this uh, discussion guide will be able to give you some of that language for prayer that Pastor Jacob's, Jacob's talking about. That's actually taken and modified from your personal prayer mm-hmm. guide. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be a great a great resource that I've attached for you uh, to, to jump into. Danny, it, where are we at on time and where are we at on questions? Behind on time. We're at 7.22. 7.22. So we have like eight minutes left. This is incredible. <laughs> so, incredible. <laughs> so go ahead and- Not surprising though at surprising all. all. So go ahead and uh, talk about fasting. Okay. I think um, since you haven't really gotten to get to that, I think that's uh, pretty important yeah. to get to because we all struggle with that. I will say one more thing on- prayer, not a point, but, um, one of the morning prayers, it was a Saturday, uh, one of the first weeks, I, I don't remember the exact date, but it would have been April sometime, um, the day before Easter. So mm-hmm. that would be the 18th was it, it was April 19th was Easter. So April 18th. So if you go on the Victory Life Church site, uh, what, the YouTube site and on the 18th, uh, is, uh, I do, I pray about mm-hmm. half of my morning prayer liturgy, uh, not verbatim, but mm-hmm. pretty close. And that is, you wouldn't have to, but like, that's me doing it. It's mm-hmm. what I did for a year. Yeah. And it was, it's about half of it. Uh, and so you could watch that and see that's what it, that's what it is. That's what praying the guide looks like. Some of it's verbatim and some of it is with the guitar frets is you have to yes. learn the chords, A, B, C, D, E, G, F, G, um, you have to learn the chords and their structure so that once you learn the chords and uh, the scales, mm-hmm. once you already know that by instinct, then you can make the music. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the idea of praying the word. That's awesome. I think I'm going to make an executive decision since I am the host of our <laughs> Victory Life uh, uh, Durant Wednesday Night Live. Um, I want to actually, um, we're, we'll find a time between now and next week. We're just going to find it but I think I'd like to do a separate recording for fasting, a conversation on fasting that we'll just make available on demand. So You're we're, gonna be working, we're gonna be working with your schedule. You're the boss. We might just stay and do it after this. I don't know. We'll see where everybody's at. But um, so I want, I want to finish this out on prayer with a question. And, and that's something that, uh, that I feel is definitely going to uh, be, be a topic of, of interest or importance, especially in our, in our stream of the Christian faith. Yeah. We've talked about, uh, the, the importance of praying God's word. Yeah. We've talked about the importance of, of the habit and the mm-hmm. discipline. Um, all that is made possible through the empowerment of the Holy spirit though. Yes. So as we kind of get to a place to where we can wrap up and we'll, we'll, we'll take a few minutes. We'll go a little longer, five, 10 minutes to take any questions that might've come in. Uh, everyone, uh, you know, by that time they, they could have posted something or we'll check, maybe they haven't posted anything. It's okay. Um, but I want to talk specifically about in closing, and this is a big topic, but just since we're kind of in the theme right now of speaking from even your personal life, Mm -hmm. 
what role has praying in the spirit yeah. or praying in other tongues, yep. something that we uh, totally believe and practice mm-hmm. um, as uh, leaders in this church and yep. also that we teach in this church. Yep. How does that work in to, to all of this? Because I know that um, my, my guess would be the majority of the people viewing, if they're in our system, might be very familiar with that. Yeah. Not as familiar with some of the things we've right. talked about thus far, but for those that are joining that don't have a reference point for right. that, there's a whole nother teaching in that. But just for you, in the context of what we're talking about, yeah. what is that praying in your prayer language, praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues? What does that look like in your discipline? Yeah. And what does that look like in in the midst of those moments when life's pressing you? Yeah. And what's been your journey with that? Um, so my journey is not going to mirror anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are certain things that come natural and certain things I have to grow in and have to learn in. Um, and, uh, there are many people, many charismatics where the default is to pray in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And and I can say definitively, that's never been my default. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not because I'm less filled with the spirit. I, I pray in the spirit, pray in tongues Mm -hmm. on a very frequent basis. You can use the apostle Paul (laughs) quote. I will, I cannot definitively (laughs) say I pray in tongues more than all of you. Okay. I'll say it. I pray in tongues more than all of you. Um, (laughs) Just like, just like praying, praying a, a liturgy Mm. is going to be uncomfortable and difficult for, for Mm. your personality. Yes. Uh, spontaneous spontaneity Mm. is a lot more difficult for my personality. Yep. So the discipline of it actually comes in that it's in my liturgy. Yes. That at a certain point, and this is, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am a nerd. Okay. <laughs> I will own it. I'm okay with it. Um, be proud. Be proud. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> my prayer liturgy has movements. Mm-hmm. It's structured in four movements. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first movement is all about a posture of humility. And so it's a recognition of where I'm at with mm. the Lord and That's that I, I, I need to humble myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's always that, cult, it, it, in that part of the liturgy is, uh, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. See anything in me that grieves your Holy Spirit. So that's like a posture of humility. Um, the second movement, uh, I got see if I can do this off the top of my head. The second movement uh, is, is uh, I, I don't know what I call it officially. I should probably look at it. Um, I would describe it as recalibration. Mm-hmm. Centering I, maybe? Uh, centering or no? Centering would probably be an appropriate word. I don't okay. know if that's what I officially called it, but okay. it's like a calibration. From so, my notes I'm taking right now. So it, right begins, it begins with the Lord is my, it begins with Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. Lord is my shepherd. What, what am I doing when I'm praying the, Lord, mm-hmm. the, the Psalm 23? I'm recalibrating my posture, my life. I've already brought, I end, uh, I end my first movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, with your grace is sufficient for me, for your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Why am I praying that every day? I need to remind myself that I ain't that awesome mm-hmm. and that it, <laughs> God's strength is not made perfect in my awesomeness. Mm-hmm. It's made right. perfect in my weakness. And so I don't need to pretend with God that I'm yeah. awesome, yeah. Uh, that I, I need to be weak. Um, therefore now we'll more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a sense, I'm praying repetitiously that I don't have to, be ashamed of a weakness because mm-hmm. God's power can strengthen that. And he's like, therefore I no more gladly boast of my weaknesses. So the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, I am content with weaknesses, hardships, insults, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. I'm content there's, with those things. There's plenty of days I'm just saying that. Yeah. And then the day of calamity comes mm-hmm. or my friend is in a point of calamity mm-hmm. and I'm praying in my normal prayer. Therefore I'm content with weaknesses, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. I can be content. Yes. It's not right. It's mm-hmm. not God's will that I'm mm-hmm. in this calamity. And contentment but, really is just an awareness of yeah, God's peace. But I don't have to grasp yeah. for an outcome. No, I no. can be content with God in yes. the midst of these. Midst because of when I am weak, then he is then then I am strong yep. by his strength that that's he's right. made up. So that that's kind of how I end. And then and the very last word of that first movement is may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's a constant reminder. I live before the Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't live before men. I that's live right. before the Lord. That's right. And may my constant awareness. Now, am I rocking it? No, very mm-hmm. rarely. But daily I'm reminding myself. So then the recalibration comes. Okay, now. Who is the Lord in all of this? Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. That's I shall good. not want. That's good. So that's all about recalibration. Isaiah 26, three, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed upon you. I remember this wasn't but like two months ago. 
obviously with COVID and there's lots of stuff in ministry, things were like bearing down on me mm-hmm. uh, this year uh, a lot. And I, I was getting anxious in, in a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. And I remember one of my days just sitting in prayer. I finish, um, uh, you know, goodness, your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed upon you, whose mind is fixed. It's like I caught myself in mid prayer yeah. that it wasn't mechanics, but I was kind of mechanically praying it. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of my mechanics, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed upon you for he, for he trusts in you. Mm-hmm. It's like a, that's the spirit. I'm still answering your praying in tongues. I know question. you are. Um, the, the spirit immediately caught me going, your mind has been fixed on the problem. That's right. And, and so like by praying that now, okay, I've recalibrated. Mm-hmm. So I keep moving. And at the end of the recalibration is the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. And I pray it verbatim. And then as I feel led, not it's not every day, but as I feel led, I pray it uh, like the course, I, yes. I got the basic chords. Now yep. I can kind of riff off of that. Yep. So I pray from that. But right after that is praying the spirit. Why? Because mm. there's a ton of stuff in my life I don't know how to pray about. Okay, so that's and that's, my liturgy doesn't structure. Is that your whole third it's, movement? It's it's the second movement. Second it's movement. It's the end of the second, second movement move. that moves me into the third movement. Okay. Which is it, it begins the outward motion. Uh, awesome. It it the the last movement is the outward motion. It is how am I going into the world? Um, the third movement. I got to see what I actually called it, but the third movement is about now. How how does that recalibration? give me ground. So it begins, uh, hmm. uh, my, my third move. Well, sorry, praying in the spirit is the, um, the, uh, the end of the second movement. Why? Because when I, when I have gotten recalibrated now, my spirit is ready to pray for me. Mm-hmm. Now, can I pray in tongues at any point in time? Well, gosh, yeah, of course. Duh. Yes. yes. Um, but, but am I in a place where my heart is centered mm-hmm. in Jesus? Yeah. In, in the love of the Father to where now my praying in the Spirit isn't about anxiety and grasping. It really is, I don't know what to pray. I, there's mm-hmm. lots of stuff going on in my life because out of praying in the Spirit, I start, that's where my petition comes mm-hmm. in. That's part of my liturgy is now there are specific things that I need yeah. to start praying about. But but now praying in the Spirit is, is now opening me up to possibilities that I didn't have. And sometimes I pray in the Spirit and I get nothing. Mm-hmm. But does that mean it was worthless? Well, kind of the point of praying in the spirit is you're praying outside of your mind. That's right. You're praying from the depths of your heart yeah. and spirit. Paul and, says your mind's unproductive. So. And so like if I feel nothing or mm-hmm. nothing comes to my mind, I don't consider it a waste. It's no. a discipline and an exercise to keep my life calibrated mm-hmm. po- properly to mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah, That makes me more attuned to the spirit the rest of the day. That's right. And I love the distinction that you're doing, which is of course very scriptural. I would expect nothing else from you between when we say praying in the spirit, we're actually talking about our spirit praying. It's not the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. making our tongue do stuff, but we're spirit, soul, and body. It's our spirit man has a language, a heavenly language. Mm-hmm. We're praying from that place. And I love how this is even a, each movement is like another level of depth. It's like the it's like the depth marker on a pool yes. to where I'm getting into a place. Yes. That deep part of me is spirit. Danny's got her hand up. I think there's a question that's come in. Movement three is proclamations of faith. Proclamations. So of what faith. am I declaring? Okay. So, well, just you can send that to me because I don't have to take these notes. And you don't have to feel pressured when I'm raising my hand. I know, you know I'm watching, yeah. but I want to make sure we get in there because I know yes. we're running out of so, time. So um, this we is actually your mom, uh, oh. Marissa Backus. We hey, love mama. her. Mama Beckus. Um, she said her neighbor has asked, why do we pray if God already knows what is going to happen? Can we change the way God willed circumstances to happen? Come on. Mom's I coming think this in is right gonna, at the end. I think this is going to be another hour. <laughs> yeah. That's a great You want to get into sovereignty? Because you kind of have to get into theology of God's sovereignty. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces I mean, there's there. a lot of that. A lot of pieces. I would, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a quick attempt and then- Go for the quick one. We're going to go quick. So to me, we uh, understand through this talk thus far, the main takeaway for me is primary purpose of prayer is relationship. Mm-hmm. Prayer is communion or conversation with God. Mm-hmm. It's two-way street conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, even these movements are moving you into a place to be able to listen, to attend to what God is speaking and saying. I can't hear clearly- when I'm busy, when I'm in a hurry. That's right. Just by going through these motions, I'm more mm-hmm. in a posture to be able to hear. And a man like Morris is a friend of God, mm-hmm. somebody that's learned how to keep company with God. 
one of the first friends of God we hear about in the scriptures, Abraham. Mm-hmm. And Abraham has this conversation with the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. And granted, this is a, an Old Testament picture, but sure. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it'll work for a quick answer. I would say that um, when we understand prayer as a place of relationship, and we understand that relationship is nothing without conversation, and conversation is a two-way piece, we don't get a picture from the scripture that God changes in nature in, in attribute, yep. uh, he changes not. Mm-mm. But what we do see in his dynamic of a friendship relationship with Abraham mm-hmm. is that he does have the capacity to change his mind. Mm-hmm. And he does that for a friend, mm-hmm. which is actually a powerful thing to look at mm-hmm. in the sense that Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. And Abraham goes to the Lord in prayer and mm-hmm. says, but would you spare it for this amount? Mm-hmm. And we see the Lord change what he's originally said for his friend. Mm-hmm. We don't know all the, we can get into, uh, you know, we have to, we can get into our, our best attempt at a hour long verbal uh, <laughs> doctrinal thesis on, uh, on sovereignty, which yeah. is a great conversation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, and I would love to have some of our, of our friends, even in other flavors of the Christian faith, would. Yeah. that would be a cool conversation. That would be a cool. Conversation. But uh, to this and me, what I see from the scripture is that prayer primary pathway that that's taken us on is one of relationship. And in that place of relationship, not only does our ear become attuned to God, mm-hmm. but God's ear becomes inclined towards us. Mm-hmm. And the implications of that are vast. So yeah. we'll leave it as just a short answer that's, teaser. That's a good short answer. Is that good answer. enough? That's a good short answer. You approve, Pastor? I approve, Pastor. Okay, good. Thank you. He, uh, he blesses it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Mom, for that question. That's awesome. Uh, any other thing coming in? All right, so this is what we're going to do. It's not I'm like gonna, we were that clear. People just, or you're just like, we just need to shut up and. No, and, uh, you, oh, okay. you guys, you guys did explain very well some I things. Think, and sometimes people don't know what questions to ask. So sure. I think yeah, sure. some people will go back and listen to this and then they'll say, oh, yeah. I do have a question. And we can always answer those in the comments. Okay. And you know what? We answered the first three questions. Whew. Bam. Yeah. We did it. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Pastor Jacob to pray for us. Okay. To end this uh, to, tonight's conversation, and then we're going to do a a recorded uh, uh, time. We're going to do a recording, a separate recording for this fasting piece, and then we'll have that available on demand uh, through the through through YouTube. And I guess we could post it on the Facebook group too. Yeah, we will um, as soon as we can, and then we'll make sure it comes out before our next segment next week, so that uh, you can you can get that that content. Uh, I have a feeling that because of the richness of what we're talking about, and this is going through August. I forgot to tell you this. I've actually gone all the way through August with this. This <laughs> might happen. So Josh, we're going to have to be ready. Josh already knows what's coming. He's like, we're going to get half of one and then we're going to have to do something on demand, which could be cool. Yeah. Which could be cool. Could be cool. Pastor, pray for us. Okay. All right. Father, our hearts are postured in one of love, gratitude, and humility. And may the posturing of our heart be filled with grace that a recognition that our heart's desire is to know you, but there is weakness in our flesh and in our mind. And so I pray that your grace strengthen us in not just educating us in prayer, but drawing us into intimacy, drawing, drawing us into the intimacy of father, son, and spirit that we get in on the dance, that we participate in the dance. Your your promise is that for those who fear you, the friendship Mm -hmm. of the Lord is for those who fear you and you make known to them Mm -hmm. your covenant. And so our desire is friendship with you, intimacy with you. And we nurture that by the fear of you, Mm -hmm. not by being afraid of you, not by ritualistically going through the motions of prayer, Mm -hmm. but by intimate fellowship with you. And so may each of us be drawn into a deeper level of intimacy. Mm -hmm. Wherever we're at on the journey of intimacy, may today bring us one step closer in that intimacy. May our ears be open to hear ways we can draw deeper in intimacy with you. And may our hearts be ready to act in intimacy with you so that we, in being your people, being your church, being filled with your spirit, may be vessels of your character, your love, your, your, your kingdom being here on earth as it is in heaven. May we be those vessels that bring heaven to earth because we know your heart. We know in intimacy, deep fellowship with you so that our lives being transformed 
be vessels of your heart mm-hmm. and your character and your kingdom in this world. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us this evening. We're going to turn it over to you in your life groups. Uh, if you're not in a group tonight, you're hanging out with your family or just uh, by yourself, we will leave uh, the comment section open on both of our, our channels here for the next couple minutes so that you can continue in the conversation. Also, encourage you to move to a private chat to where you can keep talking with some of your friends. Be on the lookout for the part two to this with our talk on fasting. I know it's going to be an awesome time. Love you so much. Until we see you again, bye-bye. <music>